Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Comedian Maz Jabrani performs live at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. next week on November 3rd and 4th. He joined me to share his journey as an Iranian-American immigrant and how comedy helps bring people together when the world is in crisis. Hey, Maz Jabrani. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP in Washington, D.C. Thanks for having me, Jason. Happy to be here. And we are talking because you are bringing your Mr. International Comedy Tour to the Kennedy Center. Uh, why are we calling it the Mr. International Comedy Tour? Is there anything? You know, what's in a name, my friend? <laughs> We're playing Mr. International because I wanted Mr. Worldwide, but Pitbull has that. So uh, I had to go. I'm the other bald guy. And um, and also, you know, I just I tour all over the world. So I was like, what are we going to call this? It's it's and also in the in the act. Now I talk about some of my uh, my travels. Um, you know, as a comedian, it used to be back in the day, I'm like when I was a comedy fan back in the 80s and 90s, stand up comedy was basically just national. You know, you do the you know, you do the, all the comedy clubs in America and you'd be done. But now uh, myself and, and a lot of comedians, we're now in uh, the Middle East, we're in Australia, we're in Europe, we're in Asia. It's really become an international uh, um, uh, art form, and so I figured before anybody else takes that title, let me let me get it. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's really great that you know it, com- comedy is becoming globalized. But it is it's a crazy time in the world to be doing shows. I mean, the, the, we got what a couple wars going on now. It's it's a ho- horrific time. A lot, you know, we got Russia and Ukraine. We got Israel, Palestine. Like it's it's a really it's a, a rough time. But it, it, but don't don't you think comedy is probably what we need now more than ever? Yeah, you know, it's really. I, listen, first of all, uh, I, my heart goes out to um, you know I'm, I'm a human being first, first and foremost. So when I see uh, the fighting and the wars and 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 all of the uh, atrocities, it breaks my heart. And 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 then I also understand people who will say, well, it's not a time to laugh. And I get, I go, listen, I I get it. Some people just they 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 can't imagine going somewhere and laughing. And I totally get it. And I sympathize with them. Um, for me. I sit there and I go, well, what can I do? What's what's my job? And my job is to hopefully bring laughter and escape for an hour and a half to two hours and bring people together. You know, I've had shows where people from different backgrounds come together, even when the world's in conflict and we laugh together and we find our common humanity. Um, And I think that's what I can do and I continue to do. Um, It's not easy for, for me, again, as a human being to sit there and go, oh, let me be funny right now, even though I just watch the video of something that is just uh, uh, atrocious. Um, yeah. No. So I do my best, you know, I do my best and, and I've got others on my tour with me, um, you know, in DC, we're going to have on Friday night, there's Zarna Garg. She's uh, of Indian descent. Um, she's actually born in India. She's Indian. Uh, then there's uh, Amir K and this, uh, and, and Tehran. They're both uh, Iranian Americans. Uh, that's Friday night. And then Saturday night, uh, it'll be all of us except Zarna can't join us. She has to leave. But, Basically, everyone brings a little bit of flavoring and everyone brings some some jokes and some laughter into a room. And it's it really is, it is cathartic, you know, and in comedy is interesting because you just you never know what's going to be a controversial joke. Like there's I'll tell you an experience I had um, back when um, the Sandy Hook uh, elementary shootings happened. Um, I was in Atlanta doing shows that weekend and that night I had to go on stage mm-hmm. and I have a lot of material about my kids. Mm. And that was a shooting that had happened in a school with a lot of young kids. And I had I never thought that my jokes that felt pretty harmless about just like 
you know, jokes about having your kids and how hard it is to have young kids and all that stuff. I never thought that would bring tears to people's eyes. And I was looking out in the audience and there was people actually tearing up because of the experience we'd had um, that was uh, a tragic experience. And so, you know, it's it's this thing that's that's got a lot of emotions. But overall, I think the emotion that people leave with when they come to these shows are an emo- uh, the emotion of, of togetherness, of coexistence uh, and, and some much needed relief. And well said, well said. Yeah. And we, you joined us um, a couple years ago when you came to, I think you filmed your first Netflix special at the Kennedy center um, a couple years back. What what was it like 2017 or something? So I heard a little bit yeah. of your backstory then, but you know, in case maybe some of our listeners missed it, re- remind us, uh, I like to always paint like a somewhat chronological journey. So I know you were born in Tehran, but moved here at, at what age? Like you're pretty young, right? Yeah, born in Iran, moved to America when I was six years old, grew up in Northern California, um, and uh, and then now I live down in Southern California. And obviously in my act, I talk about my background, but I talk about a lot of things, and I, and I talk about, again, being a parent, talk about getting older, talk about my observations about the world today. The, the special you're referring to is my Netflix special called Immigrant, where I shot that at the Kennedy Center in 2017 when there was a lot of anti-immigrant sentiment uh, in America, I mean, there continues to be, but back then it was really heating up. And so at the show, one of my goals was to show that immigrants actually love America, they contribute to America. Um, and and again, we see a lot of times, like even with what's going on right now with uh, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, you know, I, I just saw some some right-wing person talking about how as we have Afghan refugees coming and we might have Palestinian refugees coming and they were claiming that these people are going to be dangerous to America and I just like to remind Americans that the biggest threat to Americans are Americans. And, and, and I, I also like to re- remind people that, statistically speaking, immigrants have contributed to America. You know, we're the land that accepts refugees. We're the land that, that gives hope uh, to refugees and, and, and allows them to come here uh, and, and uh, excel. And, and I personally Absolutely. left. Yeah, I left, I left the Iranian Revolution. So it's like, you know, all of that to say that I believe once again that the the my journey uh, does definitely help me um, um, express myself in a way of of acceptance and and laughter and and I think it's a show that is open to any and all like come one come all let's laugh together um, and so that's what I try to do. Oh, so you're you're so so well said. Um, yeah, there was. Well, especially what you're saying about, you know, we're supposed to be the land of the immigrant. And what was it? There was like a Ken Burns documentary a couple of years ago was it the U.S. and the Holocaust about, you know, how we were supposed to be the a golden door accepting at that time uh, Jewish refugees here. But it was sort of criticizing how America kind of was closing off during during the Holocaust uh, or in your case, uh, you know, you came during the Iranian Revolution. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. What where you come in the world? What side, quote unquote, sides you are on any any issue? Um, that, to me, I believe we were supposed to be the land of immigrants. But um, yeah, all right, also, but- you know, also you know, real quickly to that point, you know, I think that whenever there's any kind of immigrants coming to America, we've seen this historically. There's always a backlash against those immigrants, whether it was Italians in the early 1900s, the Irish, you know, you, like you said, the Jews, the you know, uh, Middle Easterners, whatever. There's always a backlash. But I think again, once again, you got to realize that people come here. And they try to make a better life. And so, again, that's why I called that special. The Netflix special is called Immigrants. If, if people want to look it up, they can look it up. And, and they'll see that I go around the room and I, and I welcome everyone who's there. And it's a room filled with different people and different backgrounds. And, and, uh, and uh, we laugh together. 
Absolutely. Well, we're 10 minutes into this thing and I'm talking Ken Burns immigration and refugee documentaries. <laughs> we, we, let's get let's crank up the, the comedy a little bit. I mean, we, I guess we had to address the elephant in the room of what all the craziness going on in the world. But there is a lot of, you know, everyday life stuff that's hilarious, too. You mentioned a couple seconds ago you talk about parenting, getting older. I mean, what are some I, I don't mean to spoil your punchlines, but I don't know what sort of general you know topics or something do you get in? Like what's what's rough about parenting for you right now? Well, listen, I mean, it's uh, again, this is something that I think parents can relate relate to. And also, if you're not a parent, you get it. You know, it's like my kids are now teenagers and it's just such a strange thing to go into this phase of their lives and how we have to, like, wrap our heads around them no longer being our babies. I mean, no matter what you say and think, your babies are always your babies. And I, and I talk about on stage how to this day I'm not I'm not making this up. I have an aunt who talks to me like I'm a baby. I'm 51 years old. And when she talks to me. You know, I'll talk to her and she'll be like, how are you doing? How is everything going, Muzzy Wuzzy? And I'm like, I'm not Muzzy Wuzzy. I'm 51. She's like, oh, that's so cute. And I'm just like, you know, I have a mortgage lady. She's like, mortgage, mortgage. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's this thing, I think, that we ourselves have other adults uh, do to us. And now I feel like I'm trying to do it with my kids. But it's just a strange thing that I'm trying to wrap my head around, that they're teenagers now. Um, and, and, uh, and, and I, and I actually, I actually have, um, uh, sympathized or I should say I've had sympathy from some audience members. I was actually doing a show in Philly. This was an interesting thing to me because my daughter's 12, my son is 15. Anyone who's got teenagers knows their rooms are a mess. I mean, it looks like they go in there that the Tasmanian devil is just go in circles and walk out. And I was doing a show in Philadelphia that, that was, this actually was very entertaining to me. There was a uh, uh, father, uh, a father, mother, and their teenage daughter, who was a few years older than my kids, they were in the audience, and I'm doing crowd work. I'm talking to them, and then I go, "Oh, how old are you, young lady?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm 17." And then I said, uh, "I said, so uh, let me ask you a question, guys. Do, do their rooms get cleaner?" And the father fell out of his seat laughing, and it was <laughs> so funny because he had been laughing like, "Okay," but that was the biggest punchline of the night to him. I wasn't even trying to be funny. I, I, I literally. I honestly was wondering if their rooms get cleaner. And this guy's like, ah. that, got him. that got him. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, no, you give me no hope that the kids room yeah. is going to get cleaner. So, you know, it's just it's things like that. It's observations like that. It's observations about the world we're living in right now. It's talking about my travels. I, I, I talk about some social media stuff. I've decided to integrate some social media um, uh, confrontations I've had online, which I found very funny. Uh, oh, do you, you actually pull like on the screen? You show the tweets or, or the yeah, X's? Yeah, yeah. Wait, you know, is, I, is it yeah. tweets or is it X's? I don't even know what to call I, it now. <laughs> I don't know. I call them exits now. You know, Exit. I don't know what they're called. They, you know, I, I, in all honesty, Jason, I, uh, I had never done this, but I've started to do what you just said is to put stuff like kind of use an audio visual kind of um, experience, and because part of it is I put out a special this year earlier this year on YouTube. It's called the Birds and the Bees. And this was a special talking about when my kids were just a little bit younger, talking about the experiences of going through COVID with them and all that stuff. But once that special came out, it's interesting because specials are a double-edged sword for comedians because people can go watch the special and then they come to your show and then they go, wait, I've already heard those jokes. So you got to write new jokes. So as you're watching your special, you're like, oh, so it's so cool. The world can see it now. And you go, oh, no, the world can see it now. So I've been working on new materials. So people that come out will see this audio visual experience that I ne I've never, I'd never used in the past, but I've started to use now. And um, it's been fun. I think people are enjoying it because you get to see, you know, 
we all have our own experiences on online. Um, but you guys get to kind of laugh at, at the stuff I have to go through. And, um, and, and, and I think people have been enjoying it. It is a crazy world where, you know, you're, especially for a public figure like you, where anyone can reach out at any time, but they can do it anonymously, but you have to respond as you. Like, this social media is such a wild beast, man. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Um, But uh, yeah, so what I'm trying to think what else is going Oh, it's Halloween's coming up. What do, you, do you know what you're dressing as this year? Oh my God, Jason. I've been touring. I've been all over the place. And the <laughs> honest truth is I really... I haven't even thought about Halloween. It's so strange because, <laughs> because like, like I said, when, when you have time, like, like again, going back to Pitbull and Mr. Worldwide, I was actually in Florida recently and they invited us to go to some um, NASCAR race to go check it out. I've never, I've never been to NASCAR race and I'm standing there and here comes Pitbull. I guess he owns a race team and I wanted to like tap him on the shoulder and be like, yo, I went as you a few Halloweens ago because the truth is, you know, I'm bald. I got to go tea. Um, and, and my wife is, uh, Indian and she's kind of got darker skin. So I, I told my wife, I go, you need to go as JLo and I'll go as Pitbull. And that was one of my favorite outfits I've done in a long time. And then each year I try to be, uh, you know, creative, uh, like, uh, coming out of the pandemic, I got a Panda suit and a Mick Jagger mask. And I was going around pointing at it. I go, what is this? I go, you know, look at this. What, what, you know, look at the mask, look at the outfit. And people were like, Mick Panda? I go, no, Panda Mick. It's a pun. <laughs> Nobody... Oh, Panda Mick. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Nobody got it. So I, I don't know. I got I to gotta see if I, if I do something this year or if I just go as myself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it have been funny if you showed up to the NASCAR thing and were like, hey, Pitbull, I'm dressed as you. And he's like, I'm going as Monster Brownie. And you kind of Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You two could do the old, what was it? The duck soup, Groucho Marx, the mirror thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was great. Yeah, no, he's great. I, I, I enjoy listening. He's always like positive and stuff. It's always interesting when you see a celebrity of that level and you're thinking to yourself, "Gosh, I, I have no idea if the guy has seen me in anything or not." And then you don't want to be like the thousandth, thousandth person who walks up to him and is like, "Hey, Pitbull, you know, like you're bald, yeah. I'm bald. I was like you, you know." It's just funny to me, you know. It's like you just, you just never know. I, I ran into when, especially when you're like out of like it, it, out of context I, I was in new zealand at a museum in auckland and i saw john cho and i he'd gone to cal uc berkeley i'd gone to uc berkeley and it was funny because i saw him and we were like in the same tour group going to see something and i was like wait a minute it was so out of context and i kind of was like john and i didn't he didn't know who i was and he kind of looked at me like what? Like, who are you? <laughs> I was just like, I was like, ah, I don't John, know what we're going to White Castle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I what feel was, like an idiot. Just, wasn't he just in, uh, was he in season two of the after party? Yeah, I've seen, I, I just saw the the first episode of that. He was in that. You're absolutely yeah. right. I remember going like, that's the dude from New Zealand. <laughs> that's the dude. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, well, what about, I'm trying to think what else you, I mean, obviously when you're coming to the Kennedy Center, 
there's got to be some like DC somewhat type of jokes. I mean, when we had Dana Carvey on a couple weeks ago and his Biden and Trump are unbelievable, unbelievable. Oh the guy's a genius. But uh, I don't know. I'm not going to make you do an impersonation. I know that's not really your thing. But like what kind of joke areas do we go in? Do we talk about the current president, the former president, the, all the indictments and all this crazy crap? that's going on? All the speaker that all, was, we can't find a speaker of the house at the moment. Yeah, first of all, Dana Carvey is one of my favorites, and that guy's so fantastic. I'm so I'm I'm so uh, jealous. You got to talk to him for a little bit. I, I would love to just hang out with that guy and just let him go wild. And uh, but that's great. And and yeah, I don't do impressions, but the truth is, DC is amazing because I was I've I've said this. I've been coming to DC now since uh, like around 2005 when we did the Axis of Evil comedy tour with me and a few other uh, Arab American comedians: Ahmed Ahmed, Aaron Cater, Dino Bidala. Um, and I always say how whenever I come to D.C., I feel like D.C. is like the real deal. I go, I live in L.A. I go in L.A., like, you know, in D.C., I go, I meet people. I go, what do you do for a living? They go, oh, I work for state. I work for the agency. I work for this and that. And in L.A., you go, what do you do? And they go, well, I'm playing. I'm 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 researching a role of a guy who works for the agency. You know, it's like <laughs> we, we play the real things that you guys do. And so I'm always kind of like in awe of the D.C. folks. And the truth is. You know, obviously, during the Trump administration, I had a lot of Trump jokes and it got to a point where it was like, you know, after after uh, uh, January 6th, I, I, I honestly was like, OK, I don't need to talk about him anymore. He's going to go away. And I, how wrong was I? Ah. Um, he's back and he's relentless. And he's like he's like the game Tetris. He just keeps coming and you just got to keep pushing those blocks away. Um, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that should be his theme song everywhere he goes. In more ways um, than one, the, yeah. Yeah, but the truth is, it's like, you know, in D.C., even if I even if I don't have like current material about politics, it's it, you have to talk about it. Like the fact that, you, that that they can't figure out a speaker, you know, there's going to be some I'm sure I'll allude to that. I'm sure George Santos will say or do something the day before I come that will lead me to talk about him a little bit. I mean, it's just D.C.'s great. I love D.C. because also, by the way, everybody knows what you're talking about because if you go it, and it's true you don't think about this but when you right. go to other parts of the country or other parts of the world if you make a reference to something that's political not everybody knows what you're talking about but it's right DC, over their heads yeah so i love that so i'm looking forward to i'll probably have you know a few minutes at the top you know going like oh you know dc you know you guys have a congress that's uh not uh, that this kind of stuck and not passing any laws. And then, you know, maybe the joke is like, well, you know, why start now? You haven't you haven't passed any laws in many years. You know, you guys have been pretty ineffective, you know, right. you know or, or making fun of the fact that, again, I always talk about how easy it is to complain because you got these like, you know, the, the, the MAGA Republicans who are now holding up everything like they're always complaining about well, you know this isn't happening and the border this and the this and that. And then now they're like, OK, well, you're you're in charge. And they're like, well, we can't even. We can't even get a leader to get anything started. So, well, it's a lot easier to actually complain than it is to govern. So it's interesting to see all that happening right now. Absolutely. Well, it's cool that you keep coming back to D.C. You've come to D.C. so many times over the years. Like you mentioned, Axis of Evil comedy tour, I guess. And would you said that was 05? I guess that was during the, the Bush administration. And then you came and performed at the White House, didn't you, during the Obamas in the in early 2016? Yeah, that was really cool, man. 2016. So they do uh, Nowruz, which is a uh, which is the... Uh, New Year celebration that that is done around the world. Persians do it, Tajiks, Afghans, uh, all around the world. And um, so they celebrated, you know, one thing that the Obama administration was doing was they were inviting different people from different backgrounds to celebrate 
their New Year's and other other events uh, at the White House. And it was really, really a, a beautiful experience. And so we got to go there. And as you said, I got to stand at that podium where these guys always give their speech. And I got to do a couple of jokes. And then I got to bring up uh, the First Lady Michelle Obama. And I will tell you, it wasn't just a career highlight. It was a life highlight. I mean, the fact that some kid from Iran who comes from this background that like doesn't even like my parents didn't even know what stand up comedy was like in my culture, like, you know, being a, a performer or being in the arts is like looked down upon. You may as well be a drug dealer, you know. And so for that, for me to come here and kind of fight my parents who wanted me to be a lawyer, doctor or engineer or something and then end up at the White House doing getting a chance to introduce the first lady was 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 really just like a that that was the American dream and uh, and so yeah that was really cool yeah I love DC man DC is one of my favorite places if I if I had to pick another place to live in the states DC would definitely be at the top of one of those uh, places. That's awesome. Uh, all right, well you've been generous with your time. Before we run, I guess you know if our listeners are are excited to come see you and maybe want to catch up on some of your material, what's like the latest you know streaming or something that we can plug? Is it Pandemic Warrior on Peacock? Is there any you know what where should we? No, go to the, check the the best thing to do is they can go to YouTube, which is free, and they can watch the special called The Birds and the Bees, um, or they can go on Netflix and watch Immigrant. Those are two easy ones to to catch. Or they just go to my social media. It's all at Maz Jobrani. I've uploaded a lot of clips on TikTok and Instagram, and people can just kind of check some of those out, and then and then come out and, and expect some new material. And and I think it's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a fun night of healing and and much needed uh, togetherness. Absolutely. Well, we'll try to get this posted in the next couple of days and get the word out so people can get their tickets and uh, and keep working on you know keep working on that Halloween costume, my friend. I, Pitbull, <laughs> I was thinking, you know, I was just dawned on me. I think you should go as as the Rock, and he should go as yeah. you, and you can and you, you can call him Maz Jabroni. <laughs> Dude, the Rock. That's what I should do. I think I might do the Rock. I just gotta like start lifting yeah. real quickly and see if I can boost up my muscles. But he always called everyone when he was in, you know, wrestling, you called everyone jabronis. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, uh, uh, that was like started back in the day by the iron Sheik, And so one of my specials oh. called Brown and friendly, I actually got the iron Sheik to come out and curse me out and, and call me jabroni and all that stuff. It, it's pretty funny. That's online too. Actually. It's a really funny little, uh, interaction we have. Of course we lost the Sheik. We just uh, lost the Sheik. Year. He died yeah, what was it, yeah. last year, two years ago, something like that. It was, it was just, uh, I think it was this past year he passed away. Yeah. 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 He was, uh, he was a legend, man. And, uh, but yeah, he, he started Jabroni and the rock carries it on. Yeah. Well, Maz Jabroni is going to be coming to the Kennedy center, uh, for the Mr. International comedy tour. It's going to be on Friday and Saturday, November 3rd and 4th, two, two dates. So you, you got to get your tickets now. Hey, thanks so much for doing this. It's always a blast catching up with you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. All right. See ya. All right, buddy. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.